coming at you. Hey now, it's the weekend. It's payday. It's time to grab a beer. It's Brewing Company. Roll the open. I am not musically gifted at all. I sing in the shower quietly to myself. It's a fun name to say. There's a couple of really fun names to say. I hope I don't have to. Brothers from Greece. Let's just say there's a few letters that are silent. I don't think I would survive very long on if you're smarter than a fifth grader, but I bet I could tell better jokes than they can. Welcome in, everybody, and welcome back to the 39th episode of Brewing Company. I am your host, Matt Brubaker, and joining me today for the last episode in our 30s is my guy, Justin Heilman. Uh, we're almost over the hill, Justin, on episodes. We're at 39. Uh, that's the max score I want to shoot also on nine holes is 39. So Justin and I were finally able to deliver on, I think, a two or three year want. We were finally able to play golf together this weekend. So Justin, it was fun to play with you this weekend, finally. And it's also great to have you back on the episode. So thanks for taking some time with me today, buddy. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. This weekend was a blast. Um, you sent me the text about some open tea times and thought, you know, might as well get in on this thing that we've been trying to do for a couple years now. So it was a good time and would love to go back out on the course with you for sure. Yeah, I, I feel really bad, man, because I had an epic collapse. I was I was one under through 13 holes, and then I went four over on my next five because I won't name the golf course. It's one of my favorites, and it's around here in the Pickerington Canal Winchester area. But the damn ball just wouldn't break. Those greens were perfect, but they would not break, and it was really starting to bother me. But an epic collapse on Sunday. I was one under through 13 and shot 75. And then yesterday, we're recording on a Tuesday, just FYI for everybody. But yesterday, Justin, I was two over through five holes. And then I shot a 70 because I just didn't miss a putt. And that's the thing about golf. If you start playing enough, man, or anyone out there that listens, it always comes back to the 50, as my buddy Porter would say. It always comes back to the middle. If you have a great day one day, at least for me, I know the next day you're not getting any breaks whatsoever. And for me, it was the very next day. The ball broke into the hole every time. I made five birdies yesterday. Couldn't miss a putt yesterday, man. And then Sunday, I couldn't buy one. Yeah, you love to see it. I mean, those last five were, a, well, putting all day was a struggle. Um, those greens, I don't, I've never seen greens go so straight that look so sloped, but Thank you. So uh, I'm, I'm not just complaining as a golfer that's never satisfied. They they didn't break. It was so frustrating. No, not at all. But it's good to hear that the next day you got you got them to fall and you know a little bit of the redemption come back. So I I did have a redemption story, but I will say this: I don't know if golf got me afterwards or if it was just being in the sun all weekend. But I had a wild end to the Memorial Day weekend. Remember when we were kids and let's say you had a couple of uh, issues with burps or farts. And if you had those together, they called it a fuzzy. Do you remember that at all? I did not. I've not heard that before. All right. Well, maybe that was a Virginia thing. But if you burped and farted at the same time, we called it a fuzzy. Now, I don't know what this other thing would be called, but I had a migraine that was terrible when I got home from golf on Monday. Have you ever had a migraine or do you get them often? Oh, yeah. Uh, got some migraines um here within the past year or so and they are not fun they can knock you down for a full day where you just want to be stuck in the dark correct i don't know what type of symptoms you experience when it comes to a migraine but for me i'm very sensitive to light smell and sound which is terrible it's basically all of your senses just <laughs> heightened and, and you're miserable but another thing that always kills me obviously the headache is terrible but the thing that really always gets me is I feel nauseous. Like my stomach feels like I'm going to throw up. Now, the the real sad part about what I'm about to tell you after we talked about the fuzzy, I don't know again what this is called, but I had grapevine leftover pizza after I got home, which that's how you celebrate Memorial Day, shooting two under par on the golf course and then coming home to grapevine. What's more patriotic than that? Oh, that's a win. But the problem, here's where the loss came into play, my friend. <laughs> About two hours later, the migraine was kicking me even harder than when it started. I'm like, oh, my stomach is killing me. And I'm watching the heat and the Celtics. So I always go to the bathroom and just kind of like be near it just in case because you think it might happen. 
But all of yep. a sudden, man, that doorbell rang and I answered and I'm sitting on the toilet, just destroying the toilet. But this is where I have the question of wonder what this is called if it's not a fuzzy, because I'm like, oh, crap. For the first time in my life, a migraine made me nauseous and I had to like quickly throw the shower curtain open and I just yacked in the bathtub. So I'm over there basically crapping myself and throwing up at the same time. So I don't know what a fuzzy is in this regard, but a fuzzy is a burp and fart at the same time. But if you're crapping and throwing up at the same time, I think I'm going to call that a roughie because that was a rough way to end Memorial Day. <laughs> That's very fitting, fitting words there for that. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say it has to be something way more intense than a fuzzy. And I think roughie would describe it. That's oh, that's just brutal. Yeah, because if fuzzy kind of sounds, you know, like fuzzy blanket, it sounds like a warm thing, like a nice thing. And I mean, you could make the case that burping and farting at the same time is kind of fun. But yeah, what I experienced was the opposite of fun. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, this, I'm going to ruin my own house. Uh, I do want to be the first to say this. Uh, this is wedding week for my brother. So this is a weird podcast for me, but I want to be the first to congratulate my brother because today when this airs, it'll be June the 2nd, which is my brother's wedding day. So I think it'll be interesting that I'll be on a microphone twice in one day, early in the morning on the old podcast, Delaney. And then later on in the uh, the best man speech, I think, Justin, you started this whole wedding experience for me a couple of years ago. Yours was the first that I went to in a seven wedding in about nine month stretch. So you're coming up, I think, on two years. Am I correct on that? Yeah, that's correct. And I remember after ours and you just had a slew of them coming in after that. And it seemed like you were going to one every other weekend. But, it was. Um, yep. Been about almost two years now so that'll be next tuesday be the anniversary i was i was going to give you a quick quiz we've got a six question test at the end in the brew crawl to finish the episode but i was going to ask you a question do you know the date because that's very important and it sounds like you passed so hannah is a lucky woman <laughs> it's only been two years so i still got it now give me <laughs> you know a little bit more hopefully i won't forget it or i may never hear the end of it well, I mean, I know you're pro tattoo. You got a couple of tattoos. You mentioned in the last time you were on the episode, you got the brew dog tattoo that gets you 10% off when you go get beers. I've heard from, I think, Jeff Foxworthy, where he says, I'm not a big needle and tattoo guy, but if I were to get one, it'd be on my left wrist, right underneath my wristwatch. And it would say your wife's birthday is May 25th. Your anniversary is July 12th. Don't let Ron White drive your car. So maybe you could get one of those tattoos that just kind of gives you a subtle reminder in case you ever want to delete Facebook. That's why I keep it is just to let me know when my friend's birthdays are. I'll keep that in mind when I when I get rid of Facebook and I'll just <laughs> get some little numerals down there and then hey, I'll say, what are you looking down at your wrist for? Ah, no, don't worry about it. Uh, June 6th. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that should be easy, though. Six, six. That should be absolutely. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart on your part. Uh, with all the weddings that I went to, I found this earlier before we started the recording. I would assume at some point here, and I would think the near future, a lot of those weddings that I went to, those couples are going to start having kids. That, that could be a thing. That's kind of the next step in the process. So I saw a story earlier. It was the top 100 boy names in the year 2022 in the state of Ohio. I was interested by that because I figured they'd be a bunch of dumb ones and like those like Gen Z, like weird names like Everett or whatever the hell the names are. <laughs> but I have bad news for you. Uh, your name was not on the top 100, Justin. I, I'm shocked. Really? Not even in the top 100. I know the country's going to shit, but when Justin's name is not in the top 100, we need a recount. We're in trouble if, if Justin is not even in the top 100. Yeah. I mean, I feel like now... I must be turned into one of those names like you never see like uh, Harold anymore or, you know, those like names where when we were growing up, it was like, oh, that's an old name. Well, I guess Justin's <laughs> just going to be an old name. You might be right on that. I <laughs> I always think of that from like uh, women's names. I don't see many young babies today named Gladys. You know, like if you're born and you name your kid Gladys, is she automatically 75 years old and knits? <laughs> But yeah, Gladys, you don't hear. And apparently, Justin, you don't hear. So you might be right on that, buddy. It might be a quote unquote old name. I'll take it. Uh, if, I, if I'm the last of the dying breed, then I, I'll take it. Well, here, let me read you the top five and tell me what you think. Is, let's say you have a son 
Let's see if one of these top five names stands out to you to see if that might give you a suggestion down the road. Number five was Theodore. (laughs) So I'm just thinking he's presidential. Definitely. Number four was Henry. Noah was number three. So he might be good as a craftsman or a guy that likes to go on boats. Maybe he's a fisherman. (laughs) Number two, Liam. So maybe he saves people from, you know, sex trafficking. Number one, Oliver. I don't know if that's an indictment on the state of Ohio or not, but that doesn't strike me as the number one name. Oliver. No. Is this 1800? <laughs> yeah. What are we, Oliver <laughs> twisting it up? Right, right. <laughs> so those were the top five. Now, I will say, and I don't want to make you feel even worse, but my name did crack the top 70, and it was number 68. Matthew was number 68, which is a great golf score. But I figured we would both be higher on that list. So that's a little disappointing. Yeah, very disappointing. Those are two, Matthew and Justin, two classic names. I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, what the hell? (laughs) I remember when I was in first grade, I think in Virginia, we had three or four Matthews in the same class. So we had to go like Matthew one. One had to go by Matt. One might have been French like Matthew. It was wild. I do want to bring up some of our happy blank days. And this also allows me to congratulate Justin. Because I believe outside of last episode with Marcus, Sir Marcus Walsh, excuse me, I always ask everybody, hey, do you know what Happy Blank Day is? They're like, oh, no, I've never heard of it. Oh, yeah. So happy to have you on. You don't even listen to the podcast. (laughs) Well, I texted Justin earlier today. I'm like, hey, any chance you got to listen to the last episode? Did you hear my Red Boy Pizza (laughs) voiceover? Which is still incredible. We got to that point. But I was like, also, do you know what Happy Blank Day is? He goes, absolutely. I'm like, This is why I like my guy, Justin. So I don't have to explain it, I think, for the first time in 2023. So, Justin, I sincerely thank you. Yeah, you're you're good. I as you brought it up, I said, you know, I think we need the happy blank day because since I'm one of the few that probably know what it is, we might as well celebrate it. Right. Yes. And, And Justin made a point to me to make sure we get some good ones. So not only did I get some good ones, I got a few more as a thank you for being that loyal listener. I remember in episode 14, I think I put in the description, the most loyal listener has taken a step up to the big leagues. So you, you've you remained in the big show, my friend. So I've got some good happy blank days for you. It is wedding day, June the 2nd. So first and foremost, it's happy wedding day to my brother, Chris. It's going to be a great celebration for two great people. So I'm very happy to uh, celebrate that today on June the 2nd. Outside of that, First up, Justin, is National Donut Day. So what's your favorite donut? If you had to go to Giant Eagle tomorrow, which one would you be getting? Oh, I think I. if I go favorite, I think you got to go with the Long John. I'm with you, man. Which topping do you get on the Long John? Do you go the white cream, the chocolate, or the maple? Because that's what I go for. I go with the chocolate on the top. Okay. We got two different Long Johns. So if you guys are feeling a little froggy on the Friday, you need to pick me up. It is National Donut Day. Both Justin and I say Long Johns. Go for the Long Johns. Next up, we were talking about names. So this is where this one comes in. This is National Bubba Day. (laughs) Unfreaking believable. National Bubba Day. So I, I took it a step further for you, Justin, because we wanted to make this good. I came up with five of the top Bubba's. Of all time. Are you ready for these? Oh, I'm ready. Some of these people I don't like, but these are just people that I know as Bubba. First and foremost, it is Memorial Weekend in Columbus or technically Dublin. So we got to lead off with Bubba Watson. Real tool. He's on live. I hope he's not here this weekend. By the way, his caddy looks a little bit like me. Number two, we go to the NASCAR circuit. Bubba Wallace. A lot of these guys have actual first names, but they're called Bubba. So Bubba Wallace is on there. Number two. (laughs) another one is Bubba Marriott not to be confused with the Marriott but he was a football player he's born in 1938 we've also got we can't forget about this guy Bubba Gump Bubba Gump Shrimp gotta have Bubba Gump and (laughs) well actually I'm gonna save that one Bill Clinton was on this (laughs) list I'm not making this up I've never once heard anyone refer to him as Bubba Maybe Monica did in those days back in the office. Okay, give it to me, (laughs) Bubba. Never heard it in my life. The last Bubba on this list was a radio host. 
and he, his name was Bubba the Love Sponge. <laughs> I don't know who the hell that guy is, but when I saw Bubba the Love Sponge, I knew that had to be in the recording. <laughs> Bubba the Love Sponge. We're gonna we're gonna cheers to Bubba the Love Sponge on National Bubba Day. By the way, I'm drinking milk because I'm still a little worried about the old uh, the old roughy. What are you drinking today? You're a beer guy. Yeah, I'm drinking a well. I had this on Saturday as well. Or, yeah, uh, a garage beer is what oh, it's called. Yeah, that's right. Do you feel obligated to drink that in a garage? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have one. But oh. I would, I would love to. As I was coming up up to the office to record, um, and I Hannah said, "Oh, you're grabbing a garage beer," and I said, "Well, yeah, you know, gonna record out in the garage and." I guess it'll just have to be a mind thing and I'll have to act like I'm out there because I don't have one right now. So, but I would love to. Um, another one here for you I've got is National I Love My Dentist Day. Find that odd. And since I don't have benefits, thanks to the place I work, I haven't been to my dentist in quite a long time. He's a big golfer, love the guy, but I can't love him the way I should because I can't go unless I want to spend $1,000 for him to brush my teeth. So it is national. I love my dentist day and I'm still pro my dentist, but I just want to let them know. I have to love them from afar until I get benefits again. Next up is, and this is a big one. I think every Friday should be this day. It is national leave the office early day. I think we should implement that not only on Fridays, every day, every day, Friday, June the 2nd, national <laughs> leave the office early day. I'm afforded the privilege to not even be in the office on Friday, thanks to the nuptials of my brother and his fiance. So thank you to the two of them. Lastly, this could be taken multiple ways. If you're struggling in life, you'll take it one way. If you're happy and it's Friday and it's the weekend, you'll take it another way. This is National Rocky Road Day. So if life is kicking in the behind, you're thinking, yeah, it's been a rocky road for at least six months. But if you're big on summertime and you think positively, it's also big ice cream flavor. So I have to ask, we've already asked about donuts. Justin, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Got to go anything with peanut butter. To go number one, I'd probably say the peanut butter chip from Graders. But yeah, Rocky that, Road's a good one. To be honest, I don't know what Rocky Road is. I couldn't even tell you. There's chunks of something, <laughs> chocolate, maybe caramel. I'm not sure. It's just okay. a whole smorgasbord of a, a whole bunch of things that's really good when put together. But I couldn't tell you what's in it. Now, I would say this. My favorite. I'm with you on the graders, but I think this goes across the board. We've heard over the last, and I know you have, Justin, over the last 38 episodes, I'm a child when it comes to food. So my favorite across the board, but graders is excellent, is chocolate chip cookie dough. So we've gotten through our national blank days. Justin, again, thank you so much for actually knowing what the hell that is. I do want to circle back to a couple of things. One of those is, since we were talking ice cream, I'm not a big drive through guy. What about you? I know we always, we kind of talked about maybe trying out that our favorite four for four. I haven't done it yet. I don't know if you have. No, sure haven't. If you were to do that, would you go through the drive through or would you go inside and order? Yeah, I'm usually a drive through guy unless, you, you know, okay. you pull up and there's a long line and you're just like, well, it's going to be, I'm going to beat all these people if I just go inside and get off my lazy butt and go go pick it up but <laughs> nope i go through the drive-thru i i hate the drive-thru the reason i hate the drive-thru is because especially nowadays when everyone that gets hired at these places doesn't know their ass from a hole in the ground i don't expect them to get my orders correct and i was given a hard time by the first girl that i dated you remember her that i can't order correctly and now i'm a little self-conscious about this so i i just avoid the drive-thru because I'm not self-confident and I'm definitely not confident in the jabrones that work at these establishments. But this idea could sway me to go through the drive-thru once. So if you guys want to have some fun over the summer, if you kids that are listening, maybe just out of school and looking for something to do, but also staying within the rules and the laws of this country, this is how you do it. Step one, go through the drive-thru. Step two, say, and I quote, I'm sorry, but I'm blind. Can you read the menu to me? End quote. And then step three, see how long they'll read before realizing you can't drive if you're blind. 
<laughs> just to see how smart these people are working through the drive-thru. It's a nice little litmus test for education and IQ points at a Burger King or a Wendy's or a McDonald's. And maybe we go to four or five of these places to see how long each of them take. And then we come back with results. I love that. I think I'm going to have to try that once just to see what happens. Could you could you do that for me? I don't want to go through the drive-thru and do my own work. Would you volunteer to do this work for me and do the do the hard-hitting establishments? Go to Wendy's, go to Burger King if they're still open, McDonald's, maybe a Taco Bell because I have I have that Taco Bell story that didn't didn't show Taco Bell or paint them in the best picture. But go to maybe those four if you want to go nice zeros and fives. Maybe go to a Canes. But I would love to know how long it takes them to be like, hey, wait a second, how the hell did you get here if you were if you're blind and driving? <laughs> I think that would be good, clean fun. You're not breaking any rules. You're not putting anyone's lives in danger when you're bored over the summer. Go through these drive-thrus and just, you know, get a little scientific. Get ready for next year's science class. That's a little hypothesis and whatever the rest of those steps were in science. I, science wasn't my strong point. So basically, you're wanting me to be the project lead where you just write your name on the paper at the very end and take credit <laughs> for it. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, pretty much. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how I'd like that to go. Yeah, I... I'm the idea guy. I'm never the execution guy. That's why I don't make any money. I have these great ideas, but I'm not smart <laughs> enough to push them through the finish line. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll give that a try and we can report back on that. Think about it this way. I, this is what my dad says. It would be a twofer. Instead of doing five, do four. Go to your greatest hits four for four. Order at one place the burger, another place fries, another place chicken, and another place ice cream. Go through the drive-thru and order that that one item, but, bef but before you order that one item, see how long it takes those four places to read off to you as a blind man. I think that would be hilarious. And then what we'll do is we'll have you on as a guest, and you can report your findings, and I'll give you all the credit. That's perfect. I'm down for that, absolutely. The last thing that I would bring up here, company automation, Justin, pisses me off. Anything from... When you call a company and they say, oh, these calls are being recorded for quality assurance. Can we just assume in 2023 that every damn phone call is being recorded and someone's getting fired based on how they talk to me? Let's just assume that's the case. Remove that from the recording and something else. Can we stop announcing the we've changed our menu items? Stop either stop changing the menu items or just don't announce the fact that you guys can't figure it out the first time and just remove that one as well. I hate that automation. But the last thing that also bugs me, I hate having to be a ninja warrior when I go to the bathroom in a public place. Every time I go to the bathroom, these places cannot determine if they want to go automatic water, automatic soap, automatic paper towels, or if they want to go with the manual and we get it ourselves. They always double it up. There's like automatic water, automatic soap, manual paper towels. Or some people really throw you. They go manual water manual soap and then there's like a hand blow dryer it pisses me off i never know when i go to a bathroom what's expected of me after i go to the bathroom and i think we need to make this a very uniform system every place in america that allows you or me to go to the bathroom should do one or the other and it should be right under the sign of the bathroom men automatic then you're prepared it pisses me off I, yeah i think you gotta you gotta have a signal indicator that says what it's going to be when you walk in so that you know what to expect because you know how much of a fool you look like you're reaching for a towel and someone's just like waving their hand underneath. i mean yeah you look like a moron you do you look like you're doing the hokey pokey in the bathroom <laughs> i put my right hand in i put it in again it's still not coming out then you start getting <laughs> mad maybe that's why my, my buddy porter doesn't go in public maybe he's so fed up with the automatic versus manual thing in bathrooms he's just done with it maybe he's trained himself and trained his body to say screw it and if that's the case, props to Porter, because it, it bugs me. I was at the Chick-fil-A the other day, and every one of their things, automatic. And that's why Chick-fil-A is fantastic. You go to Wendy's, and you're over there struggling. You're in there for like 10 minutes, and you were only in there to pee for 30 seconds. Where were you? I was trying to figure out the paper towels. Yeah, I mean, at least then it's consistent, right? I mean, just you know what to expect. Go right down the line. You're good to go. I mean, you... No, I wasn't taking a huge dump. I was actually just trying to figure out the paper towels. <laughs> yeah. I like knowing what to expect in any situation. I, I just like being aware. I hate like 
when you're rinsing and your hand moves a little too high or too low, you're over the sensor and then they turn the water off. It's ridiculous. It's the, the, worst. the soap. I like getting the soap that I want because maybe my hands are dirtier than others. Don't tell me how much soap I need. I know where my hands have been. I just took a huge roughie in the bathroom. I need more soap. Well, going against my better judgment, Justin and I will talk a little bit of sports here in this episode, so it will definitely beat the 39 seconds that Sir Marcus and I uh, discussed on the last episode. Uh, Justin, now that you're a big golfer and you want to go pro after our weekend round, I think we start with golf because it is the Memorial Weekend here outside of Columbus in Dublin at Jack's Place. Uh, But I do want to say this. I think it stinks that the Memorial could not get Michael Block an exemption into their tournament. I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching him at the PGA. I know Brooks Kepka won the PGA and it was it really it was an historic win for him being he's got three PGAs now. Ten years from now, I don't know, Justin, if you got to watch a lot of it, but ten years from now, people will remember Michael Block and his performance over, I think, Brooks Kepka's performance. And his was great too. I'm not taking anything away from him. But what Michael Block did, not only just making a lot of fans happy and just an incredible experience. He made them happy, but they also made him happy. And it was a nice little relationship between fan and player. And I just loved his outlook and his demeanor and just that he just appreciated the moment. It wasn't too big for him. He wasn't too cocky. He was just confident. A lot of people after the round when he played with Rory on Sunday, Michael said something to the effect of, you know, if I had Rory's distance, I could be a top whatever player in the world. People are getting on him for that. Let's be honest. If you're a professional golfer, I one of my buddies, Mark, he's a professional golfer, and he hits the ball plenty far. But if you're a professional golfer and a PGA professional, that's what Mark is. If you give any of those guys Rory's distance, that's exactly what they're going to be. Rory is a special breed when it comes to distance. A lot of people talk about John Rahm and... Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks, but Rory, man, he's, he's got a special, special thing when it comes to distance. And I don't know why people are getting on Michael block. I think everyone today, they just can't be happy with people's success. They always have to bring him down. And for a guy that really made America fall in love with him in four days to then make it one or two, or even three steps better to make a hole in one at the PGA and not just a hole in one, a dunk from 150 went straight in the hole and just his like innocence that he didn't know it went in. Michael blocks my hero. This guy is, is just someone you root for for that one week. And those four days, Michael block was an American hero and I'm going to love that guy forever. Yeah, man, that would have been cool to see him come here and just been able to experience that here as well to get an exemption, but man, what a story. And then like you said, I mean, I think everybody 10 years from now is going to remember him that weekend and just that dunk of a hole in one i mean i watched that video of him turning around going no that did not go in no way no like he couldn't believe it i watched that video over and over not even the shot just his reaction because it was just so pure and just so good and i think it's cool from what you said too because i know i'm a much bigger golf fan than you but for him to reach people like yourself who might have other sports that you care more about to get you interested and be entertained and kind of bring you in a little bit to the game. that That's what the sport of golf is looking for. They're looking to grow the game. And a guy like Michael Block, who's so personable and humble, and I I love guys that wear their emotions on their sleeve. That's me. You saw me on Sunday, man, when I was missing every putt. I was pissed. But you, you know when Jordan Spieth hits a good or bad shot instantly because he's going to tell you. I love a guy like Michael Block who wears his emotions on his sleeve I just love the fact that he had perspective and that probably helped him. He said on Sunday, he didn't look at a single leaderboard because he didn't care. I think you have to give a lot of credit to Rory as well, because he's been the guy for the PGA to be the outspoken leader. But I think you got to give a lot of credit to Rory as well, because for a guy that's always maybe one of the top two or three people that's always going to be rooted for that might've sent a little bit of like a pride check towards Rory because maybe if you polled a hundred people at the PGA on Sunday, Sunday alone, I'll bet you the majority are rooting more for Michael block than Rory McIlroy. 
And for Rory to still, he was trying to win a golf tournament and win a PGA and get off of his little struggle bus when it comes to majors. For him to compete and not feel like he's getting slighted by the fans and to appreciate the moment, I think we have to give a lot of credit to Rory too. And let's not get on a PGA guy that's doing all of this for the game of golf. He's not doing it for himself. And these people that are already getting on Michael Block, they need to shut up because Michael Block truly, I think, is an American hero. Yeah, I agree. It's it's dumb that people took one comment out of context just to dump on the guy when he was such an inspiration the whole weekend and brought a lot of eyes and viewers and just a wholesome, fun viewing experience. So, I mean, cheers to him. Cheers to Michael Block. I loved just everything about the guy. The way he handled himself in the media, he was genuine. He was himself. I loved seeing the tears when he saw the video that his son took of the club when he makes the hole-in-one. I mean, that's that's the guy. How do you not root for the guy? Right. And I hope we see him in more tournaments and more exemptions. And even if we don't, obviously, we'll see him next year at the PGA. If we don't see him really ever again until next year's PGA, I still think we should celebrate the guy. And personally, as a former radio guy, I just love that he answered the questions. I was watching the Celtics Heat series and the the coach for the Celtics. I forget his name now. It's not worth remembering because I think he's a jackass. I don't like these in-game interviews, like after the first and after the third quarter. That's a dumb idea. If you're a production person working in TV, pull that. It's a dumb idea. But I also Terrible. think, to me personally, and again, I forget the guy's name, and it's Joe Missoula. Um, He's such an asshole in those questions. Now, when I was in college, our professors teaching us how to do radio and TV, they said, if you want a dumb answer, ask a dumb question. Now, Allie LaForest does a great job. So I listen to the questions, and I'm a little harsh on the sideline reporters, but she does an excellent job. She asks great questions, in-depth questions, questions that when you're doing something from the production standpoint that I don't like, I still say, well, that's a great question. In-game, I'd like to hear what the coach says, or sometimes if they can't get a coach, they get a player, which I find weird. Joe Missoula, I don't remember the questions in Game 7. It was something to do with Jason Tatum and his ankle. Just got to play through it. What about what this has done for your team and the momentum? How do you guys overcome this and try to rebound from a seven-point first-quarter deficit? We just have to play through it. What an asshole. You know what I would do if I'm Allie LaForce? I would just stand there for 30 seconds, not say anything, and make him feel awkward. What an asshole. And I'm really happy, just because of that alone, that the Celtics lost. I know they probably don't like doing it. But here's the thing. Adulting is just a bunch of crap you don't like to do that you have to do. He's just an ass. So we can we can end with this. Michael Block, American hero, genuine, kind, perspective on point, great with the media, and he just appreciated everything that the PGA weekend gave to him. And uh, Leo Mazzoni or Joe Mazzula, whatever the hell his name is, <laughs> ass. So Jack I'll ass. say this, uh, Joe Mazzula, ass. It is Memorial Week. Will you go at all, Justin? I know a lot of people go there for the drinks to get a little sloshy. The birdie is open, but will you go to the memorial? I will not be going this year, at least not as that I have planned right now. I've been a few years, a few times in the past few years, just a lot going on this weekend. June becomes a busy month, so just Damn don't have time week. for it. But um, exactly. Got to get prepared. <laughs> <laughs> What's the two year anniversary gift? A hug? That's what it's got to be for us. <laughs> Hey, you know what? If you want to show Hannah that you love her, go get her a dozen eggs. That would be a huge <laughs> gift. Yeah. The way they're going up. <laughs> I swear to God, man. You give her a dozen eggs, she'll love you to the day you die, which she should. <laughs> you guys took a vow. Uh, if you do go, I'll be there Sunday. And it's Operation Jack Sundress. That's what I've named this weekend. Jack Sundress. One, I'm trying to get Jack's autograph on a golf ball because, you know, he's getting up there in age. And I would like to meet a legend and get an autograph. So it's Operation jack sundress second half of that is the memorial as i said a lot of people go there just to get schwasty but a lot of other girls that go there dress up and i'm hoping for a lot of participants on the female side to come out and look their best golf tournaments are a great place to go if you're a golfer to watch golf they're not an ideal place to meet women but they are a great place to look at them. So I'm going to wear the polarized Oakleys and have a grand time on Sunday. Operation Jack Sundress. <laughs>
I love the operation name. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of fascinated by military stuff, and every time they have a mission, it's Operation something like Operation Mountain Dew. This is Operation Jack Sundress. I love it, <laughs> and I have a feeling that Operation Jack Sundress will be an epic fail. I, I have a huge. I'm not coming out of there with a date, and there's a high chance I'm not getting Jack's autograph either. I think I don't know where you stand on this when it comes to LeBron James, Justin. So I'll just ask you first. The question on the sheet is, is LeBron James really the greatest of all time? The floor is now yours to express your opinion on LeBron James. Where do you think he stands as one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time? I mean, he's a, he's up there, right? I think I mean, we all know your disdain for him. Um, I have some new points that I'm going to bring up. <laughs> oh, no. I've come around on him somewhat. I will say that I think you and I tweeted back and forth about this as the last possession was coming yeah. down to it. But um, that's right. Yeah. Although his shot selection late in the game was not great and it hardly ever is, I do admire him for going out there and playing that entire game for. He put that's it all fair. out there. Now, Greatest of all time status. I he's up there, but I mean it's always Michael Jordan for me. And to quote, I think it's from Bad Teacher. Oh, good movie. Um, Diaz, right? Yes, absolutely. And Jason Seals, I think he's in the I think that's it, where he's in the gymnasium arguing with the kid, and they kids talking about LeBron, and he said, you know, Michael Jordan's the greatest, and he says he has six rings and the kid says that's the only argument you have and he goes it's the only one i need <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's 100 percent true and i think and i'm glad you brought that up i think lebron proved that point in his post-game press conference as a former radio guy i've always been fascinated with post-game press conferences especially basketball so when I watch all the NBA playoff games right afterwards, I go to NBA TV and you watch all of the press conferences. We won't talk about the Warriors because that's not really timely anymore, but I think Bob Myers is done now in Golden State. So that's the end of somewhat of that dynasty. The, the team, it sounds like the players might still be there, but I'm always fascinated by post-game press conferences. And the guy that makes me the most fascinating to me is Draymond Green. I know a lot of people don't like him, and I understand why. I'm a Warriors guy. If he wasn't on the Warriors, I'd hate him too. But he, in a post-game press conference, is a genius. He answers the questions. He gives you insights and intel inside the, the lines of the basketball court. He's a genius. He's well-spoken, in my opinion. And I just love hearing what he has to say. I would also ask the question, why are you and LeBron so tight? That would be my question. With LeBron, though, he did kind of hint at what you said. That's the only argument I need. He said, at this point in my career, I'm only going for rings. So he knows that not only is he two behind Jordan, he's one behind Kobe. So now I don't think you can compare LeBron to Kobe or Michael Jordan. If you want to have a real comparison, compare him to Magic Johnson. Then we can have a discussion. The thing that bothered me about LeBron was after the Nuggets beat them again, all that was ever talked about after the sweep was LeBron talking about, ah, my retire. Dude, for five seconds, can it not be about LeBron James? The guy lost. He got swept. But it, it's always got to be about LeBron. I am very outspoken in my disdain for LeBron James, and I will never back off of that. I know all of you Cleveland fans hated him for a while and then loved him when he came back. You can't. If, if the ex-girlfriend cheats on you once and then she's like, oh, brew, I don't know if any of my girlfriends would call me brew, but like, oh, brew, I made a mistake. I want to come back to you. And I say, yes, I'm an idiot. Because then when it ends the same way, what'd you expect? And I, I've never liked the Cleveland fans that hated him, burned his jersey, and then when he comes back, they hadn't won a championship yet. He comes back and it's kisses. I don't like the, the hypocrisy. I like sticking to your guns. So I don't like him. Now, ironically enough, when he left Cleveland to go to Miami, that was also the summer that my girlfriend cheated on me. So those two are in a separate box of never open again. 
<laughs> now, I will say this. The girlfriend never asked to come back, and I would have said no. Or if I was German, nine. <laughs> but a couple other points I want to bring up. No, LeBron is not the greatest of all time because a lot of people today forget that the greatest of all time can only be one person. Oh, look at all these goats out on the football field. There can only be one. Tom Brady, the GOAT, no questions asked. So you can't say that LeBron is the GOAT if if he lacks in a lot of areas. Now, what I said that when we had the conversation, Justin, on Twitter, I thought he was either going to settle for a long fadeaway jumper, which he does a lot. He does way more than he should. So the second possession, I was at least like, hey, he went to the rack. He was attacking. So I'll give him props there. But that first possession where he clanked it off the side of the backboard, I know his momentum went towards the this, the baseline. But the other thing that I honestly thought he was going to do, I went back and I watched videos of Michael Jordan's game winners. I saw a seven-minute video just the other day of Kobe Bryant's game winners. And then I saw about an eight- or nine-minute video of LeBron James' game winners. There were 17 videos or clips of LeBron James with a game winner. Nine of those were when his team was down, and eight of those is when his team was tied. I've always thought that LeBron James does not want to be the reason that they lose. So whenever his team is down, I assume he passes up the shot so it's not on him because it's all about LeBron and his legacy. So I'll give him credit that he was the one to shoot him when they were down. I'll give him credit there. I watched the Jordans. I watched the Kobe's. At least 75 to 80% of both of them was when they were down. Because you know why? They have that killer instinct. They have that. I have one, the confidence that it's going to go in. And two, I'm just going to beat them because I know I'm that good. Jordan and Kobe are built from the same cloth. If you want to have a legitimate conversation of who's better, LeBron versus Magic Johnson. And I would never take Magic over LBJ. Never. And I don't think you, you should compare LeBron and Kobe or LeBron and Jordan. And if you do, we go back to bad teacher. That's the only argument you need. <laughs> Last time I checked, I know, Justin, we just have Pickerington High School educations, but six is greater than four, and so is five. Yeah, they're both greater than four, and uh, that's what makes – that's the main reason, I think, that makes MJ the go along with a lot of other reasons. But they won those championships for a reason, and a lot of that, to your point, is – he was not afraid to take that shot whatsoever. I mean, we know that he was not afraid no. to take that dagger shot. And if he missed, then it rested on him. Correct. What I would say, and I'll give, I, I can be fair. I, I'm still not going to like the guy, but what I can do is be fair in the assessment of LeBron. I think LeBron makes the other players on his team better than Jordan did because he allows them to maybe take some of those shots that Jordan wouldn't allow. That's why when Steve Kerr made that one shot against, I think it was the Jazz in 97, people were like, holy hell, Jordan passed it up. And that was like a maturity sign from MJ. Now it took him 13 years to get there. <laughs> but LeBron does make every player on his team better. The fact that they get to the finals in 07 with guys like Anderson Varejao, Daniel Gibson, and Wally Zerbiak is proof of that. Now everyone's like, well, LeBron needs more help. My question is this. Why does every organization that LeBron James, why do they all have to feel so obligated just to win him titles? Because this is what LeBron does every time. He straps the organization with bringing in his guys. Tristan Thompson is a perfect example of this in LA. They bring in his guys to make him happy so he can win titles. You know what that tells me? Again, it's all about LeBron and not about the team. Why do all these teams have to make him win championships? So it's he versus we. I hate that. The another thing that I would ask is why do so many people, if LeBron James is the greatest of all time, why do so many people enjoy when he loses? Mm. Why do so many people cheer for when he's struggling? Why? I was a, I was a young kid when I was born. Jordan was in his fourth year in the NBA. I am to Ohio State now as I was to the Bulls in the early 90s. I was five. I knew the whole team and all their stats. So I watched some Bulls games. I don't remember a whole lot of times when Jordan would go on the road, he's getting booed. When he goes to Madison Square Garden and puts up double nickels left and right, people are cheering for him like he's on the Knicks. He goes to Portland, they love him. He goes to Houston, love him. 
Steph Curry, big Steph guy, he's the same way. You go on a road game, you hear Steph make a three that plays oohs and ahs like the Pope walked in. So my question is, if LeBron is the greatest of all time, why do so many people love when he loses? I would like the answer to that. I think a lot of people love guys like Larry Bird or Magic Johnson, maybe not Laker and Celtics fans, but they appreciated those two guys because they resurrected the NBA in the 80s. Why do so many people love it when LeBron sucks? Maybe they listen to me. Maybe they want to support Brew. I don't know, but it's a legitimate question. Yeah, that's it. You know, the first thing that came to my mind was, you know, the age of social media. But then, you know, you brought up Steph and how everybody loves it, you know, loves to cheer for him. So, I mean, that's a solid point that doesn't really back that up. I don't, you know, I don't know why. I mean, yeah, you would think, I mean, all of those other guys you mentioned are loved everywhere that they went. And every, there's very few that are like that. Kobe was another one. People love Kobe. Absolutely. And I mean, you log on to Twitter after that loss, and it's just everything is about ah, LeBron lost, LeBron lost. So, yeah, that's a that's a good question. You make a good point with social media. I don't know, and again, I can concede points where maybe Jordan wouldn't be able to handle the social media era the way LeBron has. Let's give LeBron credit: twenty years in the NBA, never really in trouble, good family man, good dad. Good husband, good for the community, to a degree. I, I think he's owned by China, but that's my opinion. But at the same time, Jordan had his issues. He had his his struggles with the gambling and the gambling and the gambling. <laughs> Let's be honest. He had his struggles. I mean, everyone loves if I could be like Mike, but he had his issues as well. I would like to know, and again, it's tough to compare eras, but if you could take the Twitter the Twitter machine, as Bruce Jenner would call it. If you could take the Twitter machine to the early to mid 80s and then and through the 90s, wonder how Jordan would have done. Twitter is a bunch of people that are trolls and like to screw with people and feel like they can get the keyboard muscles. But what I say on Twitter is what I'm saying right now. I truly believe it. I that's one of my questions. Why do so many people, when LeBron loses, why do they cheer? Why do they enjoy it? If he's the greatest of all time. And we're comparing him to the Jordans or the the greatest, like a Tom Brady. I know there's a lot of people that don't like people that win all the time. But, I mean, even as a Michigan guy, I can easily acknowledge Tom Brady's incredible. It's unbelievable. Easily. Best ever. My second question is this. I truly think if you have to push a narrative and make the case day in and day out, and you try to convince other people that this is true, that it's actually not true. Why do so many people have the make they have to make the case that LeBron James is the greatest? If he's the greatest, you shouldn't really have to have that discussion. If I mention I know you're a Steeler fan, you probably hate the Patriots and Tom Brady's guts for a while. But couldn't you step back and say, damn, that guy's good? I would love to have him on my team. It's probably weird, but at the same time, you can't you can't argue with greatness. And when they're making these cases. LeBron's the greatest because of this. And they put all these graphics and charts out. Oh, he's got more than this. He's got more points than Jordan. He's played seven more years than Jordan. (laughs) The NBA doesn't play any defense. Every time LeBron gets nicked with a fingernail, he's on the ground for five minutes. They're looking to see if it's a flagrant. Jordan damn near died in the 80s against the Pistons. He survived and he beat him. And he's also not island hopping team to team to try to win championships. But if you have to push a narrative and make a case so hard for something, it's not the case. It, It It just can't be. I think your talent and your, I wouldn't say stats, because LeBron definitely has the stats. If you're that talented, it speaks for itself. That's why I love great athletes that are humble. I love Jimmy Butler. Love Jimmy Butler. I know he doesn't have the titles as LeBron, but Jimmy Butler, I love him. He's one of the top five don't bitch at the refs guys in the NBA. And you can't make a first-team All-NBA team out of that because there's only like four of them. (laughs) But I, I think success should speak for itself. And you, if you have so many of these people out there trying to make this case and push this narrative to try to make people believe that it's true, that just tells me that it's not. You know, I wonder then if maybe that plays a part into your original question as to why people, you know, root for him to lose so much. I mean, it just feels like we're force fed LeBron just down our throats every single day as people try to make a reason as to why he's the greatest. Like, could we not just 
say MJ is the greatest. And yeah, LeBron has had an amazing career. The longevity, the the stats, they all speak for themselves. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's there. Well, let's just ask if if he's all about the stats, if he's all about the numbers. Here's my next question: Would you rather have thirty eight thousand points and be number one on the all time scoring list, or would you rather have more titles than what a lot of people would consider the greatest of Michael Jordan with six? But this, this is what I've always countered with this argument because I say Michael Jordan is the best ever. But if we're going with numbers of titles as the tiebreaker, if you will, I've always said, why the hell isn't Bill Russell the best of all time? He's got 11. And I think he did it in 13 years. Hmm. So that's an argument against both of them. You don't see him up there on the all-time scoring list or rebounds or blocks, but he does have 11 championships. So if that is the litmus test for the greatest of all time, you have to throw Jordan out. You have to throw Kobe out. You have to throw LeBron out. You throw them all out because Bill Russell's at 11. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, right? Yeah, that's absolutely fair. I think that it's MJ, Ood, and Odd, everybody, right? Along with the titles. Whereas, I mean, obviously, you know, didn't grow up watching Bill Russell the way that I did Michael Jordan, but. No, I um, didn't either, man. He was in the 60s. If if you right. were alive then, you have to <laughs> right. tell me that story. <laughs> I mean, You know, I think to your point, he was complimentary. And so it's just everybody attributes that right or wrong. I can't say to more of a team thing and him being a part of making everybody better on his team. But LeBron makes everybody better. And, you know, that's pretty clear to me, I think. But he doesn't have those titles. So what's missing? That's that's why I think we compare him to Magic, because Magic wasn't much of a scorer. He was a facilitator. He was a showman, and he made everybody so much better. And like LeBron, Magic could play one through five. I just think people are a little, they get a little, their panties get up in a bunch when they say LeBron, LeBron's not, he's definitely the greatest player in the world. Why? Well, he's got all the numbers. Okay, well, here's the number that he lacks. He's got four championships, and he said it himself. LeBron said it in his postgame press conference. He lost 4-0 to the Denver Nuggets. He goes, at this point in my career, man, I'm just chasing championships. He goes, I've been to the Western Finals. I've been to the Conference Finals. I don't care about that anymore. So why does everybody else care? LeBron wants championships. That's the measuring stick. And right now, he's too short. And technically, he's still short of Kobe. So until he gets to five, Jordan is in Tom Brady territory where you can't even talk about it yet. But I would counter and say, if we're talking championships, I think Bill Russell has been slighted for years because he's got 11. Sam Jones. I don't know if it's seven or nine, but they all have. You look at the like the best NBA champions ever. Bunch of guys you never heard of. Seven, eight, nine championships. The only reason some guys have less is they left the Celtics. But Bill Russell, man, and that's why number six was everywhere in arenas this year, as it should be. Maybe you could argue that Bill Russell is the greatest of all time. And LeBron, I think that admission was interesting to me when he goes, I don't care about conference finals, care about championships. Why? Because he's too short of who everyone is comparing him to. And he knows he's all about legacy. It's all about himself. He's got the points. He's a great rebounder. Great assist, man. Plays no defense. By the way, Jordan's got him beat on defense. If you want to talk stats, let's take a look at the all-NBA defensive teams that Jordan was on. Jordan, you talk about all-around player. Jordan's got him on the defense, in my opinion. I know LeBron's got more blocks than him. That's fine. But that's just because he's lazy getting back and he sprints because he's like, oh, highlight opportunity block. <laughs> you ever you ever see LeBron when he or his team turns the ball over? He doesn't sprint that fast back up the floor on defense. But if they, his team, the Lakers, the Heat, the Cavs, whoever the hell else he's been on in his career, when they force a turnover, he's the first one up the floor for a transition opportunity for a dunk. To me, oh, I absolutely. mean, that's the truth. You, I've never seen a 38-year-old man run so fast in my life when he thinks, <laughs> ooh, dunk, Sports Center, top 10. The end of game two, I think that was the one the Warriors won. Game two, Warriors-Lakers, semifinals. He had like two or three turnovers at the end. You never saw him on the other side of the court when his team was playing defense. Never. But if they got a turnover, you wouldn't see him trailing behind when he had a dunk opportunity in transition. Go watch the games. Tell me I'm wrong. There's no way he would not run up the court when he had a chance to dunk one. No way. You're not wrong at all. Someone someone listening that, you know, loves LeBron and buys all of his shoes and helps support other countries. They're like, oh, he's the great. Just be honest with yourself. 
would you rather have 38,000 points and counting? Or would you rather have the six championships? If he gets to six, maybe we have a discussion. And maybe he wins. My guy Justin is here for our last segment. The game that we play is called the Brew Crawl, as Justin is a big beer guy. So I've got a six-pack of brewery trivia questions. But I'll tell you this, Justin, before we get started on the little contest. It goes without saying, since we had that discussion about LeBron James. If I put the question up as who is the greatest of all time, LeBron or Kobe or Michael, there's going to be some comments, but more, and this is what I really expect to happen. If there's a handful or a good amount of people that listen to this episode, I'm going to get some texts. How dare you say that LeBron is not better than Jordan? How dare you not even say he's better than Kobe? So I say gambling is now legal in Ohio. I'm going to set the over under at four and a half for people to text me and that are pissed about what I, I'm not going to put you on this. I'm going to take the full responsibility for it because we want to protect the co-hosts. I think people are going to be upset. They're going to be so upset that their underwear is going to be so up their assholes over what I just said. And I would just ask them the same questions I just posed. Why do so many people want the greatest of all time in their mind to lose? Why do so many people have to push a narrative? Why? Because they're trying to convince you that this is true when it's not. Four and a half is the over-under. If you were to put a, a brew dog 16 ounce beer on the line, what are you taking? I'm going over. Yeah, I mean, I I could take the under to just to be on the other side of you, but I, I think <laughs> You're not we, feeling we confident just, though. Huh? No, definitely not. I think we just both go get a beer at brew dog because I think it's gonna sail over. Now, I also have a feeling there's gonna be some secretive people that text me very quietly or maybe even anonymously. Say, dude, you're right on the money. I never thought of that. Jordan is the greatest. And I bet they're going to say that in a whisper, even in their phone. Like, hey, Siri, text brew quietly. Jordan is the best. But I, those are my questions. Why does everyone want the greatest of all time to lose? And why are so many people happy when he does lose? And two, why are we pushing a narrative and trying to make this case for something? If he's the greatest, it should speak for itself. I'm guaranteeing you, man, my phone's going to blow up. And it's going to be at the damn wedding. I'm going to try to give my speech. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome. Thank you for joining us here. Great special day here. I got my DeSarone and Ginger on one hand, and I got the microphone in the other. Oh, hold on one second. My phone's going off. Oh, guy, Jason. LeBron's better. Anyway, again, congratulations to my brother. I'll make sure my phone is off. So, ending the show here today, we've got the Brew Crawl. Six-pack of brewery trivia questions. Justin, it's been a while. I don't remember the questions that I gave you the last time, but I've got some good ones here this week. So the six questions that we have for you, we're going to go around the city of Columbus. We're going to go to six different breweries. So we're going to test your knowledge at six different places about the name of a beer. Is it an actual beer name? You have to choose the beer that is actually at this place. All right. Okay. So our first one today, we're going to stay close to home for me in Pickerington. We're going to go to Combustion. All any right. questions? Marcus always has a question. Do you have any questions before we get started? <laughs> I have no questions. This seems straightforward. Okay. Uh, do you want to throw a wager down? You think you can get four right, five right? What do you think the number is? Yeah, uh, we'll take a push at four, but I think I can go uh, definitely over four. Okay. Push at four. All right. First one, we go to combustion. First question in the brew crawl. What beer is correct? Is it the boys of summer? Or the right of spring. And you can't look up on your phone. I, I see you looking down. What are you looking up right now? <laughs> well, I'm going to have to look the camera in the eye for this whole <laughs> session here. So you don't think I'm cheating. Um, I'm actually not sure on this one, but I'm going to go with this is an educated guess of the right of spring. That is correct. Very well done. So Justin is one of one. Number two, we go to Canal Winchester, or as where I used to live, I called it Sea Anal Winchester, and we go to Loose Rail. And the two beers at Loose Rail that you have to choose, which one is correct? We've got Ash Cat or Fire Dog. Which one is the correct beer at Loose Rail? Oh, this is a good one. I've, I've been to Loose Rail only once, and it was not on the book this year, so we've not been recently. So. Okay. 
but let's take Fire Dog. That is incorrect. Ah, Fire Dog is incorrect. It is Ash Cat. Now I don't know. <laughs> you you like to try more beers than I do, but just the name Ash Cat doesn't sound like something that intrigues me to try it. It sounds a little like, what did you do to that cat? <laughs> so Ash Cat at Loose Rail, if you guys want to go and give that a try, report back to me. And if you hear meowing, run. <laughs> All right. As Justin is one of two, we're going to go to your home turf. And we've got the tattoo on your back calf to prove it. We're going to Brew Dog. It's in Canal. It's all over. This is crazy to me. The first one in North America, of all places, down the road from my old condo in Canal Winchester. Wild, isn't it? Like, of all places. Not downtown Columbus. Not Cleveland. Not Cincinnati. Not any place that has anybody. They go to Canal. <laughs> it's crazy. All right, here we go. I think you can get this one right. So I went with the big ticket or great big baby. Which of those two beers is the correct one? That one I am sure of. That is the great big baby. And that is correct. Very well done. Great big baby. Is that a good beer? It sounds like you knew that one pretty quickly. It is. It's a, it's very strong. Uh, I believe it's a stout. We had it um, here recently when we were there, but it's, it's very good. Very strong stout. I'm not a dark beer fan. That's also LeBron's nickname. Great big baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we're going to Seventh Sun. Have you been to Seventh Sun here recently? Uh, recently enough, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got two beers here for you. We've got Peach Blossom or Southern Bell. Which of those two beers is the correct one at Seventh Sun? Oh. By the way, this was a really fun game to put together. <laughs> yeah i mean the opera the the names are endless the just wild that they come up with i'm gonna take peach blossom but i'm not sure about that one well you are correct peach blossom is correct at the seventh sun so justin right now is three of four and this is what i would tell you please don't finish the way i finished at westchester on sunday <laughs> Don't go four over on your last five holes. Finish like a champion here, my friend. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. We're going to land grant land grant. When was the last time you went there? Like two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Okay. Maybe yeah. still fresh in the so mind. Should be, should be fresh. Question five of these two beers, which is correct. Is it inflatable flamingo or cool pool party? I, I'm going to go with inflatable flamingo. And you would be correct. Yes. Now, this was, I think, the toughest question because they have a beer there It's at uh, Land Grant that's called Pool there Party. Is a, yes, there is a pool party. I knew yeah. that. So I think when I heard cool pool party, I was like, all right, that's not it. But That's well done. <laughs> See, this is my guy, Justin. He knows his beer, so that's very well done. And I always hated those like ACT or SAT questions when they're not trying to really teach you the material. They're just trying to stump you. That would be one of those questions. So nice job. All right, this is game seven heat celtics type material stuff we've got at my favorite in terms of name hoof hearted hoof hearted <laughs> we're going there to end the game justin's right at four if he gets it wrong it's a push tie goes to justin so really you're just trying to go over it and win it outright is it at hoof hearted is it mom jeans or dad bod they have some of the wildest names, I yeah, think, they in town. There was a lot of them <laughs> that I could have chosen. Oh, I, I'm relatively certain that it's Mom Jeans. You'd be correct. 100%. All and right. Justin wins game seven. Nice and easy. Five of six. And let's be honest, who doesn't love Mom Jeans? So well done. It could be the beer or it could be actually on a mob. Either way, <laughs> Mom Jeans is the winner. Uh, we're going to give you a couple minutes here to give a victory speech. What would you like to say to your fans out there? Oh, to all my fans, you know, just get out there, try these beers, take down some some funny names, and uh, maybe you one day can be on the show and answer some questions. Now, just remember, you do have some homework, and it, it, there's no there's no due date on this. But if you can go out to four of these fast food places and do your greatest hits four for four, and go through the drive-thru. If you could do that homework for me, report back to me. Let me know how it goes. 
and then we'll get you back on and you can present your findings to the masses. Because I would love to know who is the slowest at figuring out that the driver of a vehicle ordering at the drive through is, in fact, not blind. <laughs> I don't think that my stats when I report back will this will rival the stats that you keep of your golf game that <laughs> you were, we were talking about. But, uh, yes, I would love to report back with with some stats on these guys. If you would like to earn a little bit of extra credit, I'm not an overachiever. And if you aren't, that's fine. But this would be fun. I also think on your phone, you should record what they say. You know how funny (laughs) that would be? Like the Red Boy pizza voiceover was funny. But you talk about another good like recording put into the podcast. If you can not only see how long it takes them and report back just numbers, if you can record it. And like Claudia at the Wendy's drive through just reading off. All right. Number one is a single with cheese. Number two is a duck. Oh, wait a second. How did you get here? That would be absolutely hilarious. (laughs) Well, that about wraps it up, folks. Thanks to my company today. For my co-host, Justin Heilman, I'm Matt Brubaker. The soundtrack for the show is brought to you by PremiumBeats.com. Please like, subscribe, and follow me on the Twitter machine, personal at MattBrew3, the show at Brew & Company. Thanks so much for listening, and remember, life isn't about the people you meet, but about the company you keep. Until next payday, cheers. Cheers.